Welcome into another episode of the Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing podcast. I am your host, and I am Five Foot Nothing, Hundred Nothing. And yeah, I, I'm five six. How big can I possibly be? I heard that song going through just old songs, old Nelly. I couldn't help but put it in my intro. That's that's so perfect. That is so perfect. But uh. I doubt I have any, well, maybe I do, I don't know. Happy Mother's Day to the mothers out there, if you're listening, if there's a mother out there listening. Hope you enjoyed your Mother's Day, hope you had a great weekend. Uh, I got a pretty quick show today, Um, I wasn't sure when I was going to record next, but there were some things that came up, worth mentioning, Uh, so... I'm going to get into it, you know, and so before I go into, you know, college football, Notre Dame stuff, something that came up, and I'm sure we all saw, uh, Tim Tebow is going to be playing NFL football again, I, I don't know, I, I don't, <laughs> I don't have a lot of words for that, I don't understand it, uh, he hasn't played in, in, in quite some time, it's, it's been a hot minute, and he's playing a position, according to the Jaguars, that he's never played in his football career, high school, college, or the NFL. That should be interesting. I don't know what Urban Meyer's trying to do or prove or whatever. Cool. Tebow's getting a chance. I No idea. No idea what that's about. Played baseball, tried that out, didn't work. I mean, he's a good guy. He has, as far as we know, there's not ever been a bad thing you can say about the guy other than he's not an NFL quarterback. And it seems a little ridiculous that he's getting a chance and other dudes who could actually play tight end potentially or otherwise are are getting overlooked and whatnot. I don't know. That's just something I, I noticed, I came across, thought that was quite interesting borderline funny so tebow time is back everybody brace yourselves it's happening in duval county in florida we'll see but that's something that came across my mind but all right i'm gonna run through some things today we got some recruiting news we got some transfer news and something that i've gone off about before and ugh, like it bugs me to even talk about it. They are doubling down on the stupidity. I've gone off. I've gone off on preseason rankings. I've gone off about it. You guys have heard me very early in this show. I I talked about the insanity that is preseason rankings. And well, they must have heard my podcast and said, you know what, we're going to really, we're going to double down on this business because they have a post-spring preseason rankings. Yeah, they, I, I don't know. I got no words, but you know what, F it. If they're going to be this stupid, I'm going to go off again. So let's get into it. 
You know the deal. Watch me for the changes and try to keep up. All right, we're going to kick this thing off with some recruiting news. Uh, not, a, not a long thing, but I think we got a better idea why Jack Nickel might have decommitted because a guy by the name of Holden Stays, a six foot four, 230-pound, four-star tight end, has now committed to Notre Dame. He is the number at currently the number 14th ranked tight end in the country for the 2022 class. Uh, Nickel was the number 23 tight end and was only a three-star. And listening to different sources, reading, Holden stays being ranked 14th in the country uh, appears to be low. Uh, that's kind of a low ranking. He's being likened to uh, Tommy Tremble. He's got that kind of athletic ability. Um, I've not, read nothing but good things about this guy. And I know recruiting, you're talking all the good things, but 6'4", 230, uh, super athletic. I... I mean, it's we're tight end you, and that guy he even said as much. He goes, "I want to go there, it's tight end you." It's one. It was one of my dream schools. He's like, I didn't. He didn't announce it in that way, but once he committed, he mentioned, "Yeah, this is one of my dream schools, and I want to be tight end you." They keep putting dudes in the NFL. Well, if you're that good and you see what we're doing, come on down. Come on, be the, be the next guy in line. Be the next, I don't know how many tight ends we've put in the NFL. Like, I don't know the exact number. But you, you can just think right now and just list them. All the guys that have started in my lifetime since, you know, I mean, I'm born in 84. But, I mean, there's just a litany of them from Irv, back in the 90s, Irv Smith. It would go further back, Mark Bavaro. But Irv Smith and John Carlson, Anthony Fasano, Kyle Rudolph and Tyler Eifert and Tommy Tremble and uh, Ben Koyak and Troy Nicholas. Uh, I mean, that's just off the top of my head. I'm not even digging deep to who I know I'm missing some. And you know Michael Mayer is coming up next. Holden Stays is going to fall right in that line from what the highlights I've watched, the things that have been said about him. It's exciting. Tight end U is going to. Keep trucking along just fine. So bring it on, Holden. We can't wait to see you in a gold helmet. But to continue with recruiting, not so much a specific person, but I saw this and had to research it. As you know, I'm not really immersed in Twitter like I have been. But I'm not, I'm not living under a rock either. Notre Dame has billboards, guys. <laughs> Notre Dame has billboards. And not just, oh, hey, Notre Dame is cool, Notre Dame football, whatever. No, it's uh, all different guys on the billboard. I'm from fill in the blank. I chose Notre Dame. The uh, Emmy Nalola brothers from New Jersey. We're from New Jersey. We chose Notre Dame. Kurt Heinisch, I'm from Pittsburgh. I chose Notre Dame. Kyle Hamilton, I'm from Atlanta. I chose Notre Dame. Lorenzo Styles, I'm from Columbus. I chose Notre Dame. Like, there's a list. Like, go on social media. Just search Billboard's Notre Dame. They're, they're all over the country, and it is fantastic. That is so awesome. That is 
recruiting. It's recruiting. Like, you can't tell me that there's some 16, 17-year-old kid, sophomore, junior, going into senior year of high school, still on the fence about where to go, and is like, wait, I can be on a billboard in my home state, my hometown? Like, that's awesome. And it it says this, okay? I heard this, and I love it, and I'm going to use it. The billboard with – and it's – it looks like a digital thing where you can just kind of like, I think for Pittsburgh, there's like four or five guys that kind of scroll through, but what the billboard says quite simply, we're Notre Dame and you're not. We are Notre Dame and you are not. Now that might seem cocky. That might seem pompous. That might seem like, Oh, things that I, I don't really enjoy when we get that oh you're Notre Dame you think you're better than us in, in some instances I I don't I hate that that gets put on us but in this case <laughs> F it we're Notre Dame and you're not where's your billboard where's your guy where's your uh player on a billboard in your hometown yeah Notre Dame might have some some money that other schools don't you know what we're gonna use it and I love it it's fantastic for a number of reasons. A number of reasons. One, it like I said, it's I'd say it's free recruiting. They obviously paid for the billboards, but that's recruiting without you actually being on the phone or talking to a player in person. You know, it's you drive by and you're a kid in high school and you're good enough to uh, more or less choose where you want to go and you're thinking and you're like, what? What? Did you see Kyron Williams? On a billboard? He's from St. Louis, too, and he chose Notre Dame? That's awesome! Right? But there's other facets to this. They are ahead of this name-image-likeness curve. Because that's the next step, right, guys? That's the next step. Is they're going to be up there, but then there's going to be some sort of financial benefit once they approve this name-image-likeness thing, which Mark Emmert's trying to push... As much as an idiot he is, you know, he's trying to get it done to where, because some states are about to approve all this, and he wants the entire NCAA to, to go ahead and approve it across the board. And Notre Dame's getting ahead of the curve, man. That's that's awesome. That's what we want. That's what we need. Let's do it. Let's let's be let's be on the forefront of it. Let's do it. You know, I'm sure there's kids that are thinking in that regard that are coming up that are 16, 17, 18 years old. And they know they are fully aware that this name image likeness thing is, is coming out and they're probably thinking, well, how can I make the most out of who I am? How can I make the most out of my name? And they're going to see Notre Dame already starting up with billboards Oh man, let's let's jump in front of it. Let's let's embrace it. It's not going anywhere. It's not changing. It's only going to gain more steam. This snowball of the NIL is rolling downhill and I want to be ahead of it. So I I love it. But it does beg the question. Like there's a lot of good recruiting news coming out of Notre Dame. And you know where I'm going with this. 
if you're a Notre Dame fan and you've listened to me <laughs> and others, there's a lot of good recruiting stuff coming out of Notre Dame since a certain someone came to campus. Hashtag the Freeman Factor. Casey, Marty, I know you're listening. Hashtag the Freeman Factor. Get to know it. Get to love it. Be one with hashtag the Freeman Factor. And do I know he's directly related? Of course I don't. I don't know. But I just find it very interesting that all these little things are popping up that we're getting certain dudes that it feels like we weren't getting in the past. Now all of a sudden we got billboards. And the, the one major change in that regard was Marcus Freeman. Now, also, Mike Elston is now the recruiting coordinator and not Brian Polian. So I can tell you this much. This has nothing to do with Brian Polian. He had no part in any of this because he was the recruiting coordinator for some time. He was heavily involved in that. He didn't do anything like this. Nothing even close. And obviously, Brian Kelly's a part of it. He's embracing the the whole idea that we got to get these players exposure. And I mean, that's awesome. I, I love it. Guy, I love it. That's, it's just, I mean, I, there, there's nothing more I can say. I think it's fantastic. I think it's genius. It's, it literally, we are Notre Dame and you are not. We can do this. And it's going to – how big of an impact? I don't know. That's un, unseen, right? We don't know. But I promise you it's going to – there's going to be a, a couple kids here or there and maybe someone who's, you know, uh, a four, maybe not a five-star. I mean there, those are few and far between just across high school football. How many five-stars are there annually? But that could be the difference between a four-star picking – any other big time school in Notre Dame. And he's like, wait, I could be on a billboard. I just think like an 18 year old kid. Put, put your, go back to high school when you were six, unless you are still in high school listening to this. Awesome. <laughs> but go back to when you were 16 and 17. And someone told you, hey, guess what? If you go to this school, in this case, the University of Notre Dame, you could have your billboard, your name on a billboard. Right here. I'm from Jersey. That'd be awesome. Going down, it doesn't matter. Route, Route 35 in my hometown. And there's a big-ass billboard with my name on it <laughs> and my picture. Like, that's that's just too cool. I love it. Can't get enough of it. Keep the ideas rolling like that. Let's do it. So that's kind of what I want to talk about with recruiting. We got holding stays and we got billboards and that's pretty badass. But with recruiting, it kind of transitions to transfers. We'll talk a little bit about some transfers real quick. Um, One in particular, but I am going to mention a guy I went off on last week, Jordan Johnson. Apparently he's going to be committing tomorrow or is it today or something? I I heard that he's going to be committing soon. And, I don't know where he thinks he's going to land. I mean, the stories are out. The stories are out. I don't know where he's committing to. It doesn't matter. But wherever he goes, I, I hope I hope he learns something. 
I hope he learned something. Because he didn't learn shit on the Notre Dame football field. He didn't learn shit in the Notre Dame classroom, obviously. Because that was his problem. That's why he couldn't get on the field. That's why the coaches didn't give him an opportunity. And then when they did give him an opportunity, he didn't know what the hell to do. I heard he got he got asked to leave a uh, meeting. And I think it was just the positional coaches meeting. So just a wide receiver group. He got asked to leave a meeting in the postseason. What does that mean to me? It means one of two things. It was either ACC championship lead-in or Rose Bowl lead-in. He's asked to leave a meeting. You were about to play Clemson or Alabama, and you you can't be bothered to pay attention and be focused and like. I mean, does it get any bigger than that, you moron? I'm sorry. Like I don't I don't want to be like that to the guy. I really don't. But what what are you expecting? Those are those are the games you go to Notre Dame to play in. Those are the games you go to big time college football to play in against Clemson, against Alabama. And you you're too just meh, whatever. To even you you you're asked to leave the fucking meeting? Wow. Just wow. Like I got you're not playing Toledo. You're not playing some no name. Freaking Western Michigan, whoever. Clemson and Alabama, you can't be bothered to be focused and prepared and whatever. All right. Yeah, good luck going somewhere else. Good luck. I pray you figure it out, Jordan. I really do. Because I. everybody seems to think you've got the talent. I've seen highlights in high school. You appear to have the talent. Nothing is given. Everything is earned. And if you don't want to earn it, it doesn't matter where you go. It really doesn't. But the favorite seems to be Missouri from what I've seen. But eh, that's fine. Go to the SEC. And may, maybe maybe you'll focus on Alabama during the regular season, a game that you're probably going to lose and has way, way, way less of an impact than, say, I don't know, the fucking Rose Bowl. So, whatever. Just, he's going to transfer. I'm, I'm curious to see where he lands. lands. And I spent way too much time talking about a guy who's not on our team anymore. But it's just, oh. <laughs> it just kills me, man. It's just too funny. Like, I don't know. Whatever. But, yeah, he's from Missouri. They, Missouri seems to be the, the front runner here. So, but another transfer that might have an impact on still Notre Dame football, Dylan Gibbons. That was a surprise that he's transferring. He entered the transfer portal. I was shocked. He was like our number one backup for almost everybody on the line, center, guard, tackle. He was so versatile. And... I don't know. Him transferring really actually this season could be impactful. I've talked about it already. Our offensive line is has become the biggest question mark. And because uh, we're about to, it's I think a foregone conclusion at this point. Uh, Blake Fisher is going to start on Notre Dame's offensive line. And then you got Patterson and Correll 
and probably Love. But Gibbons, I thought, was still in line to potentially be a starter. And he said, never mind. So does that mean Rocco Spindler has just completely taken him over? I don't know, but if you remember the spring game, while as good as Rocco Spindler has uh, appeared to be and has got garnered praise from the coaches and stuff, Kurt Heinisch put him on skates, uh, uh, well, I know one specific time that was really obvious, but I mean, that's a concern. If let's just say Spindler is that guy, Spindler gets the guard spot, and then he's getting pushed around. And well, who are you going to put in? I, I guess Kristofik is the next guy. I don't know, you know, it, but Gibbons would have been the guy. I guess that's my point. I'm saying all that to say Gibbons was going to be that guy, but he felt like he could play and play and be a starter elsewhere. I mean, I understand that. He got his Notre Dame degree, so he got. Regardless of what happens, where he ends up after college football, I mean, he's got a Notre Dame degree. He he's probably going to be in good shape. But the thing is, he transferred to the university, or sorry, the university, Florida State University, FSU. He's going to be a Seminole. I'll let that sink in for a second. He's going to Florida. State. Anybody know who we play week one? We play Florida State week one. I don't know what that means. I even wrote it down. Week one impact? Question mark. I don't know. I have no idea what that means. But it definitely raises my antennas. Like, okay, what? How much information is this guy gonna bring in to Florida State? After we played our whole spring with our new guys who are probably going to have roles. Like, I know it's, Florida State wasn't good last year. I get it. But they got Mackenzie Milton now, a quarterback. It is still Florida State. They can get kids. Florida is a hotbed for college football talent. They can still get players. And we're still trying to figure this shit out week one. We got a new quarterback. Brand new offensive line. Like, there's so many things. And now we just had a lineman who's been in our program for four years go there. <laughs> I I want to be cocky and go, hey, hope you enjoy that week one loss. You know, take your L and eat it. Um, But, I mean, what information is he going to bring? I'm going to guess he's going to bring a, a fair amount. So... We shall see. But I think this also does say a lot about Fisher and Spindler. If he's not even willing to stick around and use his uh, fifth year at Notre Dame, I mean, that tells me that Spindler and Fisher are really – well, Fisher, obviously, but Spindler is really coming along. And that's awesome. That's fantastic. Get him in now. And, like, I I don't want to say this. I'm not – I'm not a glass half empty guy, but you know, if we have to take some lumps this season and yeah, I know 11 and one seems feasible. It's possible. 10 and two would be like my floor, but you know, if we have to go, if we end up nine and three, cause we're playing young guys, maybe it's better for 2022, 2023 and so on. Um, but I just think the fact that Gibbons was unwilling to stick around 
tells me that Spindler and Fisher are really trucking along and they're, they're looking great. So, but man, that's going to just, it's got me, my wheels are spinning. What, what could Gibbons be possibly bringing to FSU to help their defense prepare for our offense? An offense that we're not really sure what the hell it's going to be yet. Ah, but maybe, or maybe he has some, he did get his Notre Dame degree. Maybe he's got some loyalty. He's going to just, Hey, you guys figure it out. Good luck. I'm here to play for you. I'm not here to, uh, be a, a spy, a Notre Dame spy. I don't know. We'll see. But that, I just wanted to talk, talk about that Gibbons thing to FSU. I don't know what, what it's going to mean. We'll find out. But I am going to end this with the, <laughs> some ranting and raving. Because preseason rankings on their own are insanity. I've gone through it. Go back. Check, check, check out check out my past shows. Preseason rankings are ridiculous. But what's even more ridiculous is after spring ball is played, we're going to have the post spring game preseason rankings. What in the holy hell is that? So what you're telling me is preseason rankings, which is based off of complete Fucking guessing. Who knows, right? So many changes happen from one year to the next in college football. So we're going to have preseason rankings. Then we're going to double down and use a game that means absolutely nothing. A game where teams are showing the least they can possibly show so that the teams on their schedule can't prepare for whatever they're showing. Like, oh, well, that's going to be their offense and defense. Let's just prepare for that. No, they're not going to show you everything. So we're going to take that. Sample size, which, <laughs> which is a glorified scrimmage, and use that to make our preseason rankings even more absurd. I really like they're just they're just fucking with me now, right? That's what it is. They're just like <laughs> they just had to mess with me because oh man, Notre Dame went down, Iowa State went up, and. <sighs> Let's get into this, because it's I'm not I'm not gonna spend 20 minutes on it, but there's some things that jumped out at me. And first of all, Notre Dame's at 11. Let's start there. Notre Dame's at 11. Fine, whatever. I even said they should probably be somewhere between 10 and 15. We're replacing our quarterback and our entire offensive line. Like that is a question. A hundred percent. So I. <laughs> I don't like preseason rankings, but 11 makes sense. Sure. What doesn't make sense is North Carolina at seven, Oregon at eight. Oh, Iowa State at six. They're in front of those two. And Iowa State and UNC are strictly based on their quarterback. There's no doubt in my mind. North Carolina, UNC lost their two starting running backs to the NFL Lost two receivers to the NFL, and somehow they got better. What? Because they kept their quarterback. I. Sam Howell is not Michael Vick. Sam Howell is not Vince Young. Sam Howell is not. I don't know. Find me. Name me another quarterback that has carried his entire team to a, a championship. 
Like, he's not that guy. Sorry. Sorry, Sam. Sorry, buddy. You're not that guy. It's, how the fuck are they seven? I was Iowa State six. Oh, Brock Purdy. And you know what I love about both of these? <laughs> what I love about both of these? Iowa State's at six because of Brock Purdy. North Carolina's at seven because of Sam Howell. You know what they have in common? They didn't do jack shit against Notre Dame's defense. Yeah. But, oh, they're, they're, they're amazing. Let's watch them. Woo-hoo! They didn't do shit against Notre Dame. Now I realize it's not the same Notre Dame defense. We had some guys go to the NFL. I realize. And the Iowa State game was with uh, – and North Carolina was with Clark Lee, not Marcus Freeman. I get that. But they didn't do shit. But, hey, whatever. Brock Purdy, Sam Howell, they're – woohoo! They're the best. What the fuck do I know? I just watch the games. Uh, Oregon at eight. I, what did they do last year that says they should be eight? I don't know. Miami's 15. Oh, Texas! We're back, baby! Texas is back! They're 17. That's, I mean, 17's not top 10, but what have they done? And I don't know how long. They have a new coach, by the way, who hasn't proved shit as a head coach, but yeah, we'll move them up the scales. Penn State and Michigan. Why are they even... How about win some games and then we'll discuss whether you should be ranked or not? I mean, come on. Indiana's all the way down to 21. They actually won games last year. Their quarterback's coming back. What's the difference? Why is Penix different than Howell or Purdy? Or... Oh, it's so ridiculous. It makes no fucking sense. And I'm never going to get off this soapbox. It makes no fucking sense. It doesn't. Why is Indiana ranked 21, but Penn State's in the top 20? Iowa State's at 6. North Carolina's at 7. Like, yeah, Texas lost their quarterback, too, by the way. We should mention that, huh? Sam Ellinger, no longer there. He wasn't even that impressive. So, I you, I don't know what they're basing this off of other than a cool name in the sense of Texas, uh, Miami, you know, Michigan. Like, oh, that's those are solid college football names. We better rank them. And then you look like an idiot when you rank Penn State 8 or whatever the fuck it was to start the season, and they don't even get back to 500. And it's just – and they didn't even play a full season. My God. They played under 500 in a half a season. But if we want to embrace it, which I'm doing this facetiously because I don't give a shit. Preseason rankings are stupid. They should do it after, I don't know, week three or four after we've played a few games. Again, I'm repeating myself. Go back and listen to my rant about preseason rankings. It's so dumb. So dumb. But let's embrace it. Sure, whatever. Notre Dame plays number seven, North Carolina, number 10, Cincinnati, number 12, Wisconsin, number 14, USC. Well, goddamn, we have the toughest schedule in the country. That's it. Look at us. We play four top 15 teams. We are good. It's going to be tough. We got a tough schedule, guys. Brace yourselves. You know, and, and you look at the top four Alabama, Clemson, Oklahoma, Ohio State, or five is Georgia. Okay. I, I could have called that because that's, that's what it's been. That makes sense. Then you put Iowa State, North Carolina, Oregon behind them. That makes no sense. What are you basing it off of? It can't be the previous performance. 
because those three teams have more losses than the first five combined from just last year. I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> just it doesn't make sense, and it'll never make sense. So and then, you know, the SEC is still, you know. SEC pride running through here. You know, Alabama's one, obviously. Georgia's five. A&M's nine. Florida's 13. LSU's 16. And whatever. But I, based on this, Notre Dame could have the toughest schedule in the country, which I don't believe for a second because I don't think UNC, Cincinnati are that good. I don't know Wisconsin. You never know, honestly. You never know. They they probably deserve to be ranked, even though they didn't play that great last year. But I don't know. Maybe Graham Mertz, he did get hurt, and we'll see. USC, that's another one. They've got the talent. You never know if they're going to put it together. But last time I checked, Clay Helton's still their head coach, so they will underperform. But we don't factor that in. We can't factor in the same head coach that has disappointed you for how many seasons in a row. That nope. Nap, nap, nap. We're USC. Let's see what we can do. Top 15, baby. Fight on, right? Yeah, kiss my ass. Preseason rankings. Dumb. Post-spring game preseason rankings. The dumbest thing you could possibly do. I guess they had nothing better to do. I They literally had nothing better to do. Like, we need... Hey, we got to do something. All right, I got an idea. Let's, let's do... You know how preseason rankings are kind of dumb? Let's double down. Let's go post-spring game. Yeah. Let's watch a game that means nothing. They probably didn't even watch all these fucking games. Let's watch a game that means nothing. Glorified scrimmage. We're not going to even see the full full, full team. And we're going to adjust our rankings based on that. That's ridiculous. So. That's all I got. I'm off my soapbox. I don't know how. Maybe that was about 10 minutes of <laughs> post spring game preseason ranking. Post and pre. Yeah, whatever. Every freaking word. Uh, anyway, thank you guys for listening. Thank you so much. I'm going to get this out there. I'll post it. Uh, I'm going to have uh, Casey the Beef Cregan. At from Slugo, help me out. Put it on Twitter for me. But again, you guys got anything you want to tell me, ask me, whatever? Five foot nothing pod at gmail.com. Hit me up. And if you like it, like my rants, you like what I say, subscribe, guys. And you'll get the notification as soon as I post this. So. Thank you all very much. Enjoy your week. Until next time. Five foot nothing. Hundred nothing. Out.